Every day is a new day, a day to start over, try again, choose something different. The past no longer constricts. The past is now the stepping stone that uplifts. You refuse to settle for a life less than one you love. You may not be sure how you're going to get where you want to go, but that's okay, because you're willing to trust that you'll figure it out. You're ready to break free and move forward. Live a life you didn't know existed because you now choose to write your own story. My name is Kim O'Neill, and on Every Day is a New Day, we'll explore topics that remind you just how amazing you already are. You really are, and that you have infinite possibilities awaiting you, always. We'll hear from really awesome guests and how they got through challenging times in life. And we'll combine the secular with the spiritual, releasing the stigma and choosing to step into all of who we are as we reclaim our missing pieces. The game of life isn't over yet. It's just beginning. show you are listening to every day is a new day and i am your host kim o'neill today we are going to be talking about empowerment and i have a fantastic guest here with me today we're going to be speaking with katarina berger and she is an empowerment diva an nlp practitioner a Reiki master, and a cancer and sexual assault survivor. And today we're talking about Yes, You Can. Oh my goodness, so many awesome things we can we can dive into as we discuss this topic. So let's get right to it. So with that said, welcome to the show, Katerina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to talk about empowerment with you and with your, your uh, audience. Yeah, well, thank you. I just, there's, you know, so many things happening these days and, you know, myself feeling like we're, we're all moving into some new territory. And I think empowerment is such a, um, you know, it's just sort of a on, on par topic, if that's the right way to phrase it, you know, it's, it's so key for right now, what a lot of us are going through. When you think of empowerment, what does empowerment mean to you? Okay, well, empowerment means so much to me. There are so many areas that um, empowerment dive into within our own lives. And for me, I guess empowerment is just taking what it is that you have today and making it better by empowering yourself and by stepping into your power so that you can live your best life. I totally agree with that. And, you know, it's interesting because I I think I shared this on the last show, but I'm just going to share it again. I had recently been speaking with a friend and I was talking about just in general, you know, stepping into your power and feeling empowered. And he stopped me and he said, Kim, what does that actually mean, stepping into your power? And I was like, oh my goodness, I was surprised. I just hadn't ever considered that it wouldn't totally make sense to some people. And all of a sudden it's gotten me thinking, yeah, like, let's go deeper with that. What does that actually mean? And I'm wondering, have you found that, that to some degree, some people aren't really familiar with what that means to really stand in their power? Sure. A lot of people aren't familiar with it. And that's why I do what I do. And that's why I'm an expert at it, because people just don't understand what it means to step into their own power and stand there and be with it. 
and really realize that when you step into your power, you're stepping away from what you don't want and you're stepping into what you do want. And then you dive into your passions and you dive into joy instead of the other side of things. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I love that. Stepping into your power, stepping into your passion and your joys. I love that. Placing the focus on things that are of a higher vibration versus the lower vibration. What what is your story? What got you to to doing this kind of work and and really supporting people to stand in their power? Well, you know, I started off as a, a child of a military family. And so we were moving pretty much every six months to year until I was 14. So I had been in 14 schools by the time I got to high school. And wow. so I was very shy and very timid. And then, you know, there were the sexual assaults. I've been sexually assaulted three times, which puts you in a place of very low self-esteem. And all the way through school and all the way through, you know, my life, I've always been the peacekeeper, the one who helps people, the one who saves people and that sort of thing. And so what happened was, is I didn't have really great boundaries. And so I kept getting myself deeper and deeper into trouble with things. You know, I got into abusive relationships, marriages that didn't last, that kind of thing. And I would watch these women around me, these empowered women who loved their lives and who loved being alone. And I thought, why? Why am I searching for somebody outside of myself to make me happy and complete me when I watch these women who are just so empowered by being on their own? So I had to really look at that and dive into it. And then I became a Reiki master. I'm an intuitive Reiki master. And I started working with women. And I thought, okay, what's next? So I went and you're going to laugh at this, actually, Kim. I went and had my business cards done. And the guy who was doing my business cards said Reiki master and life coach. And I thought, okay, I didn't ask for life coach. I don't even know what that is. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I became a life coach. And then, you know, there's a whole story around that, too. And it's just blossomed and blossomed and blossomed. And now I'm working internationally with women as a women's empowerment expert. Oh, Oh my goodness. That is a sign if ever. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, so, okay. And so, so you saw that on the business card and then did you just immediately jump into it or did you take some time to work your way into that? I'm just curious. Um, I started to research what it was, what life coaching was. And so I decided to go to a a coaching college And so I went to the coaching college. I started with my certification. It was a year-long certification. And then I took uh, neuro-linguistics programming as well. And then uh, the college asked me to be a mentor assistant coach for um, some of the programs they were running. And then I would travel with one of my colleagues there to her classes, um, you know, in Western Canada and help her out. And, you know, it just kept going and going and going. So I I just want to make one little point here, Kim, is that whatever path you think you're on, that you think you need to move away from, that you need to do whatever from, please remember the path that you're on is the path that you're on because it's taking you to your very best life. So you just need to look at the signs, just see them, feel them, understand them. Don't search for them, but notice them. Oh my goodness, that is powerful. And I feel like you are speaking to me right then. <laughs> okay, no, she's speaking to everyone listening as well. <laughs> that's, that is for you as well. Um, ah, that's a good one. I like that one. Um, yeah, to, to, to notice, absolutely. 
What do you notice in terms of the clients that you work with? What is their level of connection to their own feelings mm-hmm. and noticing what they're feeling? You know, that's a really good question. And some of my clients are very closed off and they mm-hmm. start off being extremely closed off. These people have no boundaries or very little in the way of boundaries because that's their story. They're stuck in the victim mode or they're stuck in that place where it's never going to get better. This is what I've got. And they just want to save everybody and help everybody. And in the meantime, they're just losing out. So they they shut down because things keep happening that make them shut down. Mm-hmm. Then there are the other clients who have done some really amazing personal development, but they need those tweaks and they need a little bit of help moving into the next area of relationships for themselves and either in their personal or their professional lives. And that's what I help them with. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of people not really... F- taking time to fill up their own cup first Mm -hmm. before they give to others. Yes. And you know, that's one of the things I love working on is helping them to create self-care. And actually I'm going to Florida in a couple of weeks to uh, uh, do a little talk at an event there. And I'm going to be speaking about boundaries and self-care and how important it is for people to understand that you can say no to something so that you can say yes to your own. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. Just, yeah, yeah say, saying no isn't saying no to everything. It's saying yes to other things. And it's that first thing you said no to, it can, sorry, I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> so saying no is actually saying yes to yourself. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing. Oh, yes. What, when you think of boundaries, what, do you happen to see common themes of types of boundaries that people are not really, um, you know, putting into place in their own life. Right. A lot of it has to do with relationships and it can be either in the workplace or at home because I work with some CEOs and, and entrepreneurs as well as women who are in relationships or trying to find relationships. And so the boundaries, what was the question again? Sorry. That's okay. Just wondering if you see um, a theme with the types of boundaries that people aren't really, you know, putting into place. Okay, so they're saying yes to things that they really, really, really want to say no to. Mm -hmm. And they're also getting into relationships that are not serving them. And they're staying in those relationships because they have a story in their head, like I was kind of alluding to earlier. And the story is not necessarily a safe place. I experienced this myself. You can tell yourself that, you know, this is my story. This is my life. I'm in my comfort zone here. And even if you're being beaten or being raped or whatever it is, and over and over and over again, that is your safe place, even if it's the most unsafe place of all. So I help them to understand that and create boundaries that are simple to start with, baby steps. And then we move into the bigger boundary setting. Now, when somebody creates a boundary, there's often going to be a backlash from the people who know and love you. Yeah. and care about you because they're not used to this new person who's saying no to, to them. Right. Absolutely not. And so the other teaching here is to help the person understand that, yes, they're going to come back at you and try harder to step over your boundary, but just keep going because this is the new normal for them and for you. Yeah. And I find also that if you're experimenting, anybody, if anybody's experimenting with, you know, yes, saying, saying no or doing anything different, if you 
do it and you're coming from a place of fear when you do it, then it's going to be a lot easier for that other person to try and push through those boundaries and try to question you and, um, you know, not make it as easy for you to do exactly what you're setting out to do versus if you if you can get yourself to a more confident space, um, really kind of drum up that energy within yourself and then take action and, and say no or do something different, it's 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 a different energy for that other person to respond to and can make it easier for them to accept this new person you're presenting to them. Right. And so that's why we go really slow. And what happens is as the person develops that muscle, that boundary muscle, there's a vibrational frequency that they vibrate at that people will understand subconsciously. Oh, I love that. Understand subconsciously. Yeah. Right. So, so that person may not necessarily hear it in words, but they'll feel it in the being of the person who's trying to, um, you know, put out new boundaries. And that's very, very cool. When they get to that place, it's like an exquisite moment for me when that light bulb goes on and you can feel them and see them and hear them getting it. Ooh. Are there, I know relationships are definitely a big place um, to being putting boundaries in place. Do you see any other areas where maybe people need to, you know, put boundaries in place? Well, actually, let's talk about the workplace. Mm. How, how, what are some tips for, say, you know, an employee who maybe needs to put some boundaries into place with a boss or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so an employee who needs to put boundaries in place with the boss. Okay, that's an interesting one. I usually work with the other uh, end of it, which is the boss who needs to put boundaries into place. Um, Because I have CEOs that I work with and, you know, they want their employees to like them. Mm. And so they're not putting, they're not saying to the employee, okay, you need to do this. You need to follow through and you need to report back to me. They're saying, okay, go off and do this. It'll all be okay somehow because they want to be liked by their employees and they don't want to ruffle any feathers. Okay. So let's go to the opposite end of it. How would you respond to that question? If I were to ask (laughs) the thing, Good job putting it back on me. Um, it's it totally made sense when I asked it, and then once you said that, I, I had to question it. Um, you know what comes to mind when I was was thinking of that is employees who are maybe working with a boss who is um, a micromanager, maybe of some sort. So maybe you've got a very competent, hardworking employee, and yet there's a micromanaging boss, um, or maybe a boss who who like you described, maybe wants the employee to like them. And so maybe somewhere the boss starts to be a little too, you know, get a little too personal and maybe ask personal questions. And the employee's like, whoa, 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 I'm I'm not comfortable with this, but yet you're my boss. So I feel like I have to answer your questions about my personal life, things like that. Perfect. And so this is where you just hit it right on the nail right now. This is where we um, implement I feel messages. Mm. where okay I feel messages when I teach this to my clients it's about talking about themselves rather than putting the blame on the other person or trying to get them to feel guilty or any of that okay so an I feel message and I know you're familiar with this Mm -hmm. I feel messages are I feel um, invaded on about my personal life I don't want to feel that way anymore how can you and I come to 
um, an understanding or can help me to understand how we can create a win-win between us. So if you do it that way, instead of saying you're making me feel uncomfortable, okay, that's, that puts the person immediately on the defensive. Right. So you're saying, I feel uncomfortable. I need to change this. I need to do something about this. How can you and I create change together? That's a different way of reframing it. So then it's a win-win for both. That's great. And, and I love what that does because, you know, maybe the boss is very well-meaning and is just trying to, you know, get to know his, his or her employee. So that, the way you just explained that, that still leaves it open so that communication can continue to flow back and forth and there's not an automatic wall. You know, a boundary doesn't have to be a wall, but right. yeah, maybe just, you know, I don't know, a, a, a see-through gate or something. <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. And a boundary, like you said, doesn't have to be a wall. It can be just a boundary where it's creating a solution or creating a win-win. That can be a boundary too. Oh, nice. I like that. A boundary to create a solution. Well, it, so how how long have you been been doing this work and working with, with women to become more empowered? Um, I've been doing uh, energy work for about 10 years, and okay. um, I started my coaching practice in 2011. Okay. Yeah. And and you, I, I believe, I mean, I'm, I think you primarily work with women, but do you also work with men? I have worked with men. I communicate better, and the transformations are deeper with women. Okay. Um, I do work with men. I've worked with some uh, really interesting individuals. And for some reason, I have worked with a couple of uh, physicists, and they were both. And what happened there was they were very good at communicating in numbers and understanding numbers, but they couldn't speak people. Oh, how interesting. And so I helped them to learn how to do that. Oh, that is a great one. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, what... What has helped you to feel most empowered in your life? I think for me, um, setting boundaries, uh, practicing extreme self-care when I need to, and practicing forgiveness and gratitude. Now, um, mm. forgiveness for me is so key around some of the things that have happened in my life. Because every single behavior has a positive intention. So those people who abuse others, in their mind, there's something that says, I need to do this because, and they have a positive intention, whether it's warped or whether it's not right or whatever, in our minds, in their mind, it is right. Once I understood that, I was able to forgive. Let me, okay, that is really interesting. What, I, I, but I like that. What, what has helped you to see it from that perspective that the, the rapist or, well, we'll just go with that one is coming from a positive intention. Okay, so it's it's a positive intention in their mind. It's not a positive intention um, for the victim. It's just a positive intention for the perpetrator's mind. They think that they're doing the right thing for whatever reason it is that they need to do it, okay? And yeah. for me, once I understood that when I'm doing something and somebody might not like it, I mean, I would never do anything like that, but when I'm doing something simple, that somebody else might not like, my intention comes from a very positive and loving place in my world. The rapist's intention comes from something in his mind or her mind that says, I need to do this to feel better about me. And yet 
it becomes a violent act. So it's a really interesting dynamic. I I love I love that you point that out. That is that is a good way. It's a fresh perspective, mm-hmm. um, and I think one thing that as you're talking, one thing that helps me to think of that is. Um, let's just use a scenario of two, any two people talking and one person says something that hurts the other person, but maybe that wasn't even the first person's intention. It was just, right? Yeah, it, it came across differently or, or you know, the we're all like filtering everything through our own experiences and desires and things and not necessarily focused on the other person that we're dealing with. So um, I can I can see that. I can see how that could lead to that. Absolutely. So basically, that's about projecting your reality. Onto there you the go. Person. And that is an experience that everybody has at some point or another. And so when we're not projecting our, our own reality onto the other person, we're able to see them more clearly. Ooh, it, so when you, when you think of the population and just all the women out there, if you could wave a magic wand, what would you like to see different amongst um, the people who are your ideal clients? Like, what would you like to see them feel better about or have healed or does anything come up for you? There are two things that come up for me. Um, Two of my taglines are one of them. Well, I mean, one of them is it, it is your birthright to live in joy, peace and harmony. Okay. That's number one. Number two is I wish you could see yourselves the way I do. And does that come from your intuitive abilities? Definitely that, but also because I truly believe that every being on this planet, no matter what they're going through, no matter what dark corner they are in, is perfect, just as they are. Well, I am right there with you because I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about how, now, have, have you worked with with people who are, um, you know, they come to you for healing from whatever trauma that they've been through, but maybe they are skeptical um, or not as comfortable with the, you know, intuitive spirituality, metaphysical nature of some of what you do. Right. Um, so with those people, what I do is, first of all, when I do a, a consult, the initial consult, I always check in with them to see where they're at and what they are comfortable with. And then I don't really broach the other piece of me because that's not my place to do that. I want them to be feel comfortable and to have transformation because that's what it's all about. It's not about me and what I can give to them. It's about their transition through the work that we do together. And so I leave that out for those people who really don't um, want that part of it. And it works just as well. It's just a different way of approaching it. That's great. You were talking about forgiveness earlier, and that got me thinking about Ho'oponopono. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about, um, do do you use that in your practice or just share it with people and have them do it on their I, own. I don't actually, but what I do do is I do loving kindness. I don't know if you're familiar with that. A little bit. Yes. Feel free to go ahead and tell us more about that. All right. So I teach meditation classes on occasion and um, there's a great famous um, meditation out there uh, about loving kindness. And so when I teach this and when my client is really against the world and feels like the world is against them, um, then I ask them to think about somebody that they love and then I ask them to say in their mind or out loud may you be happy 
may you be at peace. Mm. May you feel love and may you be healthy. And then I ask them to go to somebody that they've had conflict with. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be at peace. May you be loved. And then I ask them to go to their community, same thing. And then I ask them to think about the world at large and all sentient beings and say the same words over again. That brings them right back to where they need to be. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, words carry energy and just the, the visualizing and feeling that I know, you know, can can translate to another person. Well, and then I also ask them to do it for themselves too. Good. Ho'oponopono is very, you know, it's very similar but very different. Um, so, you know, there, there are lots of different methods that are out there, but that is that is the one I use the most. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I know you have a program called Yes, You Can. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to share with us about that? Yeah, there are two parts to this. Um, I started uh, sitting on the couch with my partner and I said to him, you know, I I really want to start a group on Facebook. And he said, okay. And I said, what do you think about Yes, You Can Empowerment for Women? And he said, that's wonderful. So I started this little tiny group about a year ago and now we're at just about 3,000 people. And um, that um, started out great and everything and and all is well and, you know, things are going great. And then all of a sudden I, I was starting to get women in business in that area and so I thought okay yes you can women in business so I created that group just a few weeks ago and it's, it's amazing how these things just organically grow and how they become bigger and better there are millions of women out there who need to be empowered who want to be empowered and they just don't know where to look for it or what to do about it they've done personal work but we just need to start small just little tiny things you know, a quote here and there, whatever. It just works. What do you find is the biggest barrier or maybe what are some common barriers between women and getting to that place of empowerment and really taking action? Well, I think um, staying stuck in your story and really not being ready to accept the change and the fear of change can really keep you very, very stuck. Um, change doesn't have to be drastic. It can be a very minute little thing. And change can be huge. I mean, I, I seem to do huge things all the time when I do change. But a lot of people just do baby tiny things to start with. But I think the fear of change is what stops people from empowering themselves to move forward. I, I Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we get so comfortable in our discomfort <laughs> of where we are sometimes. Yeah. And it, you know, yeah. Well, another thing that, you know, comes up for me when I think about empowerment is I think a lot of times people need to be reminded of who they are. And that's it. Exactly. And so my, one of my books that I'm writing is called, let me introduce you to yourself. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, and like what you were saying at the beginning of the show about not so much focusing on um, I'll just say the negative, but focusing on the positive. So focusing on what are your strengths? What are, what are you good at? What's unique about you? Not looking at, you know, what you don't have, what you can't do, what, what you failed at last week or whatever. And I, I, I actually rarely use that word fail, but a lot of people can identify with it. So I use it, but, um, but it's, I really think focusing on what can you do just like your program yes you can and um from that place we can find a lot of strength and excitement and 
and empowerment. Well, there are a couple things there. We Everybody gives themselves negative messages every single day of your life. Mm. And so a lot of my work is around reframing some of those messages. And what I do is I ask my clients to think of 10 positive personality traits that they have. And you'd be shocked at how many people can't maybe come up with three or four. I, I hear you. You know, I I actually started coaching by doing interview coaching, so helping people prepare for employment interviews. And that's one of the things we would focus on. And when I would ask them, so what are some of your strengths? It was very surprising to see that some people could only come up with two or three. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I do is I think about, okay, if you have an event that didn't serve you, like something that made you sad or unhappy or angry or whatever, I always want people to remember what their positive personality traits are and how they used even one or two in whatever event has come up. Because I always want people to remember that even if it was a bad thing that happened or a sad thing that happened, you did use something that was positive about you. And once they start getting that, it's kind of cool what happens. It's a a great, uh, great moment too. Nice, nice. I I find... One way that um, if someone's really struggling, like maybe they just, they're just so used to, you know, we can be, we can be so used to being ourselves and yet not really know who we're being (laughs) that it can be challenging. At least I found this with myself. Sometimes it can be challenging to go, well, wait, what is unique about me? Mm -hmm. And so what I've found sometimes is, you know, what if people, just a starting place, if someone's really trying to find, you know, well, how can I start this? Um, What if people told you that you're good at? That's a, that's a starting place. And then you can go deeper with that. And, but also to look at, um, to just observe, don't place judgment on other people, but observe other people and, what do you notice that maybe they don't do so well that you know you could do better? It's not about judging them, but going, oh, that's that's actually something that I can do. And it just can sort sort of start to help someone build up their, their list. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well... I am enjoying this conversation with you, Katerina, but we are going to go ahead and take a break. And I think the break is about two minutes or so. So we'll go ahead and take a break, but stay right there. If you'd like to find out more about Katerina, you can go to her website at katerinabarriger.com. And that's C-A-T-E-R-I-N-A-B-A-R-R-E-G-A-R.com. But stay right there because we're going to come right back and talk some more on this wonderful topic. Do you have a published book that never reached its bestseller potential? Are you working on a book or ebook you hope to publish soon? Do you have a book locked inside waiting to release your message to the world? Go to mybestsellerbook.com. My Bestseller Book will launch your book to a guaranteed bestseller status. Learn more at mybestsellerbook.com. What books are you reading? Are you ready for a must-read? Winner of the Inspirational Book of the Year Award and International Best Sellers, Dare to Dream, This Life Counts by Debbie Dashinger, as well as the acclaimed Wisdom to Success, The Surefire Secrets to Accomplish All Your Dreams. Buy the books from Amazon today. U.S. Book Review and Writer's Digest said these are critics' picks. By Debbie Dashinger, Dare to Dream and Wisdom to Success contain gems to live your life by. 
Sometimes we wish we could practically do nothing and still feel better. Guess what? You kinda can. When you schedule a Reiki or guided meditation session, you can just be and receive and allow the energy to shift. There's relief. These energy sessions can be done alone or combined with a coaching session. Find out more at kimoneillcoaching.com and click on the Energy Work tab. No matter how your life looks today, your possibilities are endless. You deserve all the joy, peace, and excitement in life that you desire. Life doesn't come with a manual, and that's why personal coaching is so awesome. Moving forward is easier. Creating a new reality for yourself, healing your mind and body, it's all possible. Visit KimO'NealCoaching.com today to learn more and schedule your free consultation. Right, we are back. You're listening to Every Day is a New Day, and I am Kim O'Neill speaking with Katerina Berger, who is a personal empowerment coach and does many other things. Today we're talking about we're talking about personal empowerment. We're talking about yes, you can, and really stepping into that energy of knowing who you are, knowing your own power, what that feels like, taking action on those things that you want to do, moving forward in the way that you want to move forward. And so we've been talking all about this. And Katerina, I would like to talk to you about a few of the things that you've touched on already and just go a little deeper with them. So I want you mentioned gratitude earlier and how that's helpful. Would you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. You know, a lot of people really um, in this day and age, we all, it feels like people are entitled. They feel like they're entitled and we've forgotten to be in gratitude for the smallest of things. I love getting up very early in the morning and listening to the birds sing. That makes me grateful for all kinds of things. I love being able to eat a good meal. And what I recommend to people often is to get a gratitude jar. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. You've heard about it. You've all heard about it. Get a gratitude jar and start putting little post-it notes or little notes in every day of at least three things that you that brought you joy, that you were in gratitude for. And then at the end of the year, take them all out and take a look and just mm. read them. And then start creating another list or another jar and just filling it up and filling it up. You'd be surprised because when you are grateful thing for things, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, brings you so much more to be grateful for. I totally agree. And something I've noticed when I when I started doing this, um, just, yeah, bringing, being mindfully uh, grateful and appreciative of the things in my life, I noticed that I wasn't always feeling it. I was just like, okay, let me just think of some things and then I've done my gratitude. And I realized the, the key is I had to learn that, no, you actually have to feel it when you say it. That's the, that's the key part of it. The energy gains momentum the more you feel it. Would you agree? Or? I totally agree. Okay. So when I was going through my cancer um, bout, I was uh, in a meditation class at the hospital and we actually would go out for walks and look for things to be grateful for. And many people couldn't find that place because of course they're sick. They're, you know, they don't know what the prognosis is. Uh, you know, they're in pain, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And it, the, there was this cool guy that was with us on that journey and he was very sick. And 
a lot of people just couldn't find that gratitude piece. And he said, let's go up to this tree. So we went up to a tree and he said, look at this leaf. And we looked at the leaf and I'm going, okay. <laughs> and he said, look at the edges of the leaf. Take the leaf in your hand and kind of squish it around. Feel that leaf and now smell it. That's something to be grateful for. Oxygen from trees. And then we go to another tree and see a different kind of leaf. I mean, that's something to be grateful for. People might think, okay, she's lost. <laughs> but this is so true. If you get into the minutiae of it, into those small little details, it's pretty amazing how much ingratitude you can be. I think that's beautiful. And what what that brings to mind for me is when we get that minute and especially with nature in particular and really start to look at all these little details and find appreciation for them, it really connects us again more to mm-hmm. us and who we are and just being grateful for getting to be alive and getting to be here and, and have this experience and, um, so yeah that I mean and that can be such an enriching experience when we start to go oh wow I get to have this experience of what it's like to feel this or feel that and we know that when we feel one thing that helps us to know what it's like to feel the other thing and all of it yeah oh I love that yeah so gratitude yeah I have I have a friend um he was just this beautiful ball of light. And um, she emails me her gratitudes every night. And it, it's just, I can, I start to feel so much um, more uplifted just reading her gratitudes. I'm, I'm not as consistent as she is with doing my gratitudes every night, but it's just so beautiful having that energy. So I would say, you know, anyone listening, if say you're wanting to find motiv- motivation or inspiration to start being becoming regular with doing your gratitude, I have found that it does help me to have my friend, you know, we, we email ours back and forth to each other That's and just, beautiful. I love yeah, that. yeah. Uh, you know, what? I, I created this thing called Create Your Day, the Empowerment Calendar. And I've got a few things on Amazon, actually, and that's one of them. And I also created an inspirational email series for 365 days of the year. And in that calendar, there's a downloadable page where you've got your daily schedule. You've got, you know, um, the things that you need to do, who you need to connect with. But there's also a piece for gratitude there. And writing down each and every day, like I said, one or two or three or five things that you're grateful for. And it just makes the difference because, again, you're vibrating on this frequency that is all about gratitude. And people want, they, they kind of come to you because they want that energy around them. Absolutely. And awesome. Where is that, where is that form that you mentioned? Um, okay, so I have an email series that I send out. And I also have the physical calendar, which is available on Amazon. Just look under my name. There's a few products there um, okay. on Amazon, yeah. Great. Okay. Wonderful. Well, you had also mentioned uh, before the break, you'd also mentioned about self-care. And I I really wanted to ask you about this. Um, Tell us more about how self-care plays into being empowered. Well, self-care is, for me, it's about many, many things. So you need to eat properly, feed your body things that are good for you. Because that's about self-care. That gives you more energy. It creates, you know, um, health. It creates weight loss or weight gain, whatever it is you need. And then self-care is also about self-development, like we were talking about. And so we've got the eating. We've got the um, exercise. Exercise is so important. I hate exercise. (laughs) 
But You're not alone. <laughs> I do it because you know what? I actually feel better. And it gets me out there. And it's one of my self-care pieces. Going for a pedicure and manicure for the women out there and even for the men too. That is self-care. It's not a waste of time. Sitting down and having a cup of tea with a friend. How many of us really do that anymore? Yeah. We're either on social media or we're texting with people. We don't sit down on the phone or in person for a cup of coffee that much anymore. Not as an entrepreneur. I don't do it that much. But I have this great girlfriend and she gets together with me a couple of times a week and we just be together. We are just being and that is an essential part of self-care is connecting, really connecting on a soul level, on a heart level with your family, your friends, your acquaintances, even your acquaintances. So important. Oh, that's so good. Well, when you mentioned exercise, I know that that's empowering um, also because it allows us like just feeling, you know, if you get into a regular practice of exercising and, you know, maybe your muscles start to get more toned or whatever, feeling that your blood flowing through your body or your, your muscles becoming stronger, feeling that physical strength can start to easily translate to feeling more confident and capable in other areas of our life. Well, you know, it's really funny. Okay. So I'll just tell you a little story here. I just got back from France and I had a really, really great holiday. Before I went there, I was doing a lot of work. I was trying to get ready to go and I was trying to get everything all set up so that I could, you know, be free for a couple of weeks. And I wasn't really exercising. And I was eating quite a bit of chocolate, Kim. It was <laughs> yum. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and so when I went to Paris, I thought, and France, I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to, you know, do all this walking? Because I knew that we were going to have to do a lot of walking. Now I'm missing quite a bit of my left lung, so I, I can't do some of the things that other people can do. Okay. But I was so proud of myself because we went to a couple places where there were 300 steps, like medieval steps okay we're talking worn out steps that are quite steep 300 on a spiral staircase I did it wow and that's because before this last couple of weeks I had been exercising three or four times a week and I thought wow okay this is a cool feeling so no matter where you're at in your physical being just get out there and start doing something because I was shocked at myself that I could do that I was really happy with that so just keep exercising a little bit, a lot, doesn't matter. Just get out there and do it. That is a great story. Well, good job. <laughs> That's a lot of steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about communication and connection? Um, I know you, you mentioned earlier you wanted to share something about that in regards to empowerment. What, what comes up for you around yeah, those subjects? Um, like I said, it's really key to um, get together with people and start to get back to the basics of just connecting with people. I have people in my life who um, they just want to text with me. They don't want to talk to me on the phone. They just want to text. And what happens there is you start to misunderstand the texts because you yes. can't hear the vibration in the voice. You can't hear the feeling and the love and all of that in the voice. All you see is a bunch of typed text, which has no emotion attached to it. And so the art of communication is being lost by just not communicating the way we used to communicate. And actually, in fact, children are not learning social skills because we're not communicating on the same level that we were years ago. Mm. 
Yeah, context and vocal tone. I mean, that plays a lot into communication and uh, absolutely. I When these days, if, um, if I find that I'm maybe on the verge or even in the middle of a conflict with someone, um, I do my best to avoid text at that point. Mm -hmm. It's like, nope, that's going to make it worse. <laughs> Don't even go there. So, yeah. So You, have to, you really have to hear the other person's voice because from a text, you will never know what they really mean or what they're really feeling. They could be crying on the other end of the phone and you would never know. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, one thing that popped up, um, it came twice now as you were speaking, so I'll just go ahead and share it, is knowing what our love language is. Have you, are you familiar with the five love languages? Absolutely. You bet. Yeah. I just recently took that quiz online. Um, so for those listening, you can go to, I think it's, I don't Oh, okay. I'm not sure now if it's the five languages, five, five I love languages. Yeah. I haven't done it for a while, but it's uh, just okay. look for it, the, the love languages, five love languages and you'll yeah, find it. Come yeah. Up. Yeah. Just Google it. And, and it, anyway, that quiz, it was, I loved it because as you're talking about, you know, one, of, as you're talking about this, these things, one of the things that, um, one of the love languages that is on there is spending quality time with people, yeah. um, or physical touch, you know, or some people, for some people it's gifts. For yeah. me, it was, um, acts of service and words of affirmation and it, it, all those different things. They are, they're going to have a stronger impact on one person's person versus another, um, you know, depending who you're communicating with and what your love language is, you know, if it's not the same as theirs. Right. So, well, it's just the same thing as when there are different learning styles, there's the visual, there's the audio, yeah. audio, and then there's the kinesthetic learning style. So similar when you're talking about love languages, it's very similar, you know, you've got the different love languages and they match with uh, the other person who has their own love language too. Right. So yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh, well, um, let's see here. So I mentioned your website earlier, but will you tell us again, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and get in contact with you? Right. Okay. So there are a couple of things. First of all, I'll give you my websites. Um, there's www.katerinaberger.com. We already talked about that one. And then the other one is just for new entrepreneurs who are just getting into it and trying to find their value and their self-esteem in, in that entrepreneurial world. And that's www.yesyoucan-womeninbusiness.com. And then on Facebook, uh, you can reach me at www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash yes, you can empowerment for women. And that is a terrific group, very empowering, very helpful for people. And you can email me at lifecoachkaterina at gmail.com. And that's awesome. where you can reach me. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, Katerina, I have something. Um, I get so giddy and silly when I start to bring this up. But um, I was wondering if you would be open to just doing this little cheesy fun thing that I like to do sometimes with guests. Would you? Sure. Okay. So um, basically what it is, is I... I love receiving messages. Now, I don't refer to myself as an intuitive, but I love receiving messages and seeing how an energy that gets created aligns with other things that come our way. And so that's basically what this is. So what I'd like to ask you, let's see here. Okay. Um, pick a number one through eight. 
Okay, got it. Um, oh, but, but, but tell me what number it is. <laughs> you want me to tell you? Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's number eight. Number eight. Okay. And I'll tell you in a moment what we're doing. <laughs> um, okay, so now uh, let's see here. Now choose number one through <laughs> oh, I just have to laugh at myself. Okay, choose one through 234. Wow, um, 111. Oh, that's a good number. Okay, let me go there. And <laughs> you might already know what I'm doing. Okay, and now, okay, tell me, I'm, I'm spinning my finger. Tell me when to stop. <laughs> stop. Okay, okay, so... <laughs> What I was doing, basically what I, what I have here is I have a stack of books next to me and I have eight books. Okay. You chose the eighth book and you chose page 111. Oh, and wow. yeah, and let's see this. So this book that you chose, it's Living With Joy. Oh my gosh, this is exactly why I did this. Okay, so <laughs> I love this. Okay, you chose Living With Joy, Keys to Personal Power and Spiritual Transformation, an Oren book by Sanaya Roman. And page 111 is the third page of chapter 10. And chapter 10 is Appreciation, Gratitude, and the Law of Increase. Wow. I know, right? Okay, so then um, you, I was spinning my finger on, uh, above page 111. And where my finger landed was at the end of a paragraph. And let me just see here. Okay, so that particular sentence, um, well, it's, it's kind of like what we talked about. That, so that particular sentence says, that will evolve you also, but it is even more powerful to say it aloud to the universe and to others. And... The, the paragraph was starting with the process of writing ideas down and speaking them puts them out into the world of form more quickly than just thinking them. And so that's right along what you were talking about with gratitude. That's very cool, actually, because they've proven that when you actually put pen to paper, not typing on a keyboard, it is more likely that you will achieve that goal once you step into action. So when you actually do the mechanics of putting pen to paper, psychologically and vibrationally, it helps you to achieve that goal faster and better and more certainly than it would if you're just typing it on a keyboard. So that's a very interesting point you made there. I love it. Well, I have a practice at the end of every year on New Year's Eve. I write down a list of the things that I want to accomplish that year. And it's it's been amazing when I look back at it at the end of the year, so many things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even, you know, um, fully aware that I was even focusing on some of these things throughout the year. And yet, look, I put them down on paper and they manifested. It's 100% true. I, I don't know if you ever do any vision boarding and you yes. guys are listening. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I've done some vision boarding and truly, I can't even tell you. Um, last summer, we were in Italy and about two years ago, before I even met my partner, I had done this vision board on, uh, you know, what I what I would envision my life to be like. <laughs> It's amazing. Some of the powerful people that are, I have the face plastered on my vision board. I'm actually meeting 
people that are in their actual circle. It's like ridiculous. And then the other thing that happened was is I started taking pictures in Italy and I came back and I'm looking at this vision board and I'm going, what? That's exactly the same dining room table in the vineyard that we stayed at. Oh, wow. What? That's the same fountain that I just took a picture of in, in Italy somewhere. And I, I couldn't believe it because it was ex almost exact. So, yeah, manifesting, manifesting, manifesting. Wow. It works for sure. Oh, that is fantastic. I, I've noticed that, um, I mean, there have been a few things, but one of the things, well, one of the things that I manifested was about two years ago, the opportunity to have this radio show. And it was interesting because it wasn't something that I, it, you know, it's interesting because how we word things, you know, depending how we word things can sometimes come out in a different way than what we anticipated. So I had basically said, I want to, this was back in 2015, I had said, I want to do at least one interview by the end of the year. That's how I said, do one interview. And I thought that was like a big goal for the year. And um, what ended up happening is a month later, I had an opportunity to have my own show mm -hmm. where I could actually do interviews with guests and, you know, so it was just way bigger than what I had even imagined. So I find that, um, yeah, I mean, that's the part where they say, you know, be careful what you wish for, exactly. be careful, <laughs> which I'm very grateful for this. So, yeah. Oh, wonderful. And just be careful of your wording too. Wording is yes. key when you're trying to manifest something, because like you said, you know, you can ask for things, you can hope for things, you can pray for things. And when it comes, sometimes it comes in disguise a little bit because it's not quite, you didn't make it really super clear to the universe what it was that you wanted at that moment. So, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I found that too. Um, and with people, there was several years ago, I was trying to manifest a certain person into my life and um, it was a, you know, I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to have a boyfriend at the time and I said, okay, well, you know, this kind of person, um, with, you know, maybe like a good friend or with the possibility of something more. And I got exactly that. I got basically an ambiguous <laughs> relationship, <laughs> um, because I just sort of left it open-ended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super clear for sure. Yes. Oh I love, goodness. I love law of attraction. It's just so exciting to me. <clears throat> yeah, I love that. Same here. Well, and one of the key things that I've I've really had to learn too is that you want to be clear and specific, but then don't be so attached to the outcome. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like you you set the intention and and really you know get the feeling of that, but then we're going to have to kind of just let it go so that it can flow in and maybe even be better than what we had envisioned. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. I have a um, you know several clients who who try to use the law of attraction, and one of the things um, that happens is they're looking for signs. What I want people to remember is to notice the signs that are already there, because when you're looking for them, you're always going to be looking. When you're noticing what's already in front of you, that changes it. There's a different energy, yeah, with just those two words. That's a great distinction. What would you say? How how do you explain that to someone who's not who's not understanding what the difference is between looking or noticing? So looking is you're actively searching. So it's almost like a desperate place that people come from. Mm, okay. Noticing is noticing what's already there in front of you. Vibrationally just kind of saying, okay, 
what do I need to notice here? What do I need to see here? What am I missing? Not, oh, I need to find this. I have to find this. Where is yeah. it? That's a different thing altogether. Absolutely, yeah. Coming from a place of forcing and trying to make it happen versus just exactly. allowing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good decision. Good distinction. Yeah. Well, we are coming to the end of the show and I've had a great time talking with you, Katerina. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners today? Just, um, just accept yourself for who you are and look at yourself in the mirror and find something that you like about yourself. Just, just do that. If you can find that one thing, stay connected Get yourself into gratitude and forgiveness. And if you need help with that, reach out. Reach out to me. Reach out to Kim. We're here. That's what we do. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, and I love to take notes during the shows. So just to remind everyone, you know, boundaries. Katerina was talking about boundaries. Those are really good to help you be able to say yes to yourself more. That saying no to one thing is actually saying yes to you. And, practicing. You were mentioning the forgiveness and gratitude and being mindful of that communication and connection that we have with other people. I love that. I love that you were talking about that today. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Well, we are at the very end of the show and I've just had a fantastic time here. For those listening, if you would like to reach out to me, you can reach me via email at kimoneal at outlook.com. That's K-I-M-O-N-E. E-I-L-L at Outlook.com. You can also go to my website, KimO'NealCoaching.com, and you can find all my social media links on the contact page. So go there and you can find the face, Facebook, Twitter. I think I even, I, well, I know, I have Pinterest as well. Um, and you can find them all there. And be easy on yourself. There's a lot going on these days and just continue to find your way into the ease. You know, I'll even say this, something that's been happening for me lately is at times when I'm not expecting it, I start crying (laughs) and I just have to remind myself that's okay. That is releasing resistance to certain things and just allow it to happen. Just release it and you know, allow myself to be in that state of peace that we can have after we release, you know. Well, the other way to look at crying is that's just um, the rain, um, creating the rainbow. I mean, really. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Katerina. It's been fantastic talking with you. Yeah, it's been really great. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure to be here, too. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, have a fantastic evening, morning, wherever you are in the world listening to this show. We will have another wonderful show in about four weeks with some um, some more amazing guests. It's actually going to be a duo, and you'll be able to find out more information about that on my website, on the radio. <laughs>